Hello, Octane Nation. It's Coach Dave here. For you first-time listeners, my name is Dave Jimenez, and I am joined each week by my co-host, Randy Messman. We're a couple of endurance coaches from the North Texas area who uh, really just like podcasting and coaching athletes and seeing people cross finish lines and doing things they never thought they can do. And uh, we're part of a four-coach team of coaches that we call Octane Athletics Training Systems. To learn more about us, head out to octane-athletics.com slash coaching. Uh, There's a profile for each of us on that page. And if you like what you see, you can sign up for a free, no-obligation consultation with one of us. So fill out the form, let us know what you're up to. Uh, Give us a little bit about your background, and uh, we'll reach out, sit down with you for coffee or on the phone for 30-45 minutes, talk your plan over with you and uh, kind of where you're heading, give you some feedback and general direction and uh, hopefully set you on the right course. So uh, take advantage of it. We love doing it. We wouldn't offer if we didn't want to do it. So hop on out there to octane-athletics.com and give us a ring. This and every episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Gatorade Endurance is uh, a special formula Gatorade for endurance athletes. It's not the stuff you'll find in the gas station or at the grocery store. Uh, You will find it in specialty retail stores locally here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I know TriShop carries it. Um, You can also get it on Amazon.com if you're a Prime member. The shipping on it is free. And probably the biggest reason to use this, although outside of the fact that it's, uh, it's just good stuff, is that... It is on course at many of the biggest races that you guys are going to participate in throughout the year. So any any big marathon like Boston, New York, Chicago, Dallas, those are all Gatorade Endurance events. Also, the Rock and Roll Half Marathon Marathon Series is a Gatorade Endurance event, as well as the North American Ironman events also have uh, Gatorade Endurance on course. So uh, for those of you who've raced before, you know it's always good to try the things that are going to be on course. And so I highly recommend you guys getting some Gatorade Endurance and giving it a shot in your training to know that it'll work with you on course, and that way you can trust what's out there. Go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. Hey, everybody. On today's show is uh, Kevin Kuhn from Classified Nutrition. You may recall that Kevin and his partner Jeff uh, joined us on episode 38 of the show where they talk... Uh, about all things nutrition, but um, today we're going to get specific with Kevin on uh, on protein. Uh, towards the end, we talk a little bit about some other things as well, but uh, most of the show is about protein, the ins and outs of it, uh, why you need it, what kind to buy, all of those things. So the, I really appreciate these guys joining us. Kevin is a self-proclaimed biochem nerd. He's also a hell of an athlete, so uh, he, he not only... He's not only just a real smart guy when it comes to training, racing, nutrition, but um, but he's an athlete on top of it. So, you know, he certainly knows what we deal with every single day. Uh, On top of that, these guys have made us a hell of a deal this uh, for a while. At least I don't know how long they're going to keep the code open. But if you go to classifiednutrition.com and you add uh, the before fuel and after system that they have on their website with two flavor files and a time-release leucine, um, they're going to give you the flavor files and the time-release leucine for free. Um, they're also going to do some free shipping. So basically for the price of the BFA box, 
um, you're going to get the BFA box, two free flavor files, and a uh, free time release leucine, free shipping, just for using the code word Octane at classifiednutrition.com. Huge thanks to Jeff and Kevin for their support of Octane Athletics and Octane Athletics Training Systems. They support us in just about everything that we ask them to do for us. And uh, on top of that, they join us in and share their knowledge, which is which is really, really great. So uh, thanks to those guys, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Please enjoy the show, and if you have any questions or comments, hit us up on Facebook at Octane Athletics or Octane Athletics Feel Your Fire Running and Triathlon Group, which is a wide-open group forum for you guys to collaborate with one another and to collaborate with the coaches. Uh, Jeff and Kevin are on there as well, so uh, head on out to Facebook and look us up. Okay, enjoy the show. I'm here with Kevin Kuhn. For those that don't remember, Kevin was with us on episode 38 with his partner in crime, Jeff Randall, who pulled up lame, didn't show up. Just kidding, Jeff. (laughs) He wasn't planning on being here. But Kevin's here. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you very much, Dave. What are we talking about, Kev? What do you got here? I kind of want to discuss protein metabolism. So if you guys don't remember, Kevin is, he knows his shit. So um, Biochem nerd. He is a bit of a biochem nerd. I'm glad you said it. I wouldn't want to say it. (laughs) I'm proud of it. I don't mind. Should be. Fucking wicked smart, man. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk protein metabolism. We'll talk a little bit about what's up with Classified. Yeah, a little Um, bit. I'd like Mm -hmm. to do that. Just let everybody know what's up. Uh, First of all, thanks, because for those of you that did Iron Fire, Kevin and Jeff uh, came strong and uh, supported us on it, gave us a little sponsorship and put some product in in the packs that we sent out to people so uh, if you got that i hope you guys enjoyed it but uh if just as a matter of mapping things in your mind it's kevin and jeff that uh made that happen for us so thanks for that man our pleasure all right so um this is an interesting conversation so you know just last night i uh go to the kitchen and i'm trying to get myself back in shape kevin because knee surgery you know mm-hmm. i was like I used it as an excuse, and I bloated up, and I haven't been training, and I'm like, I'm kind of back on the wagon in a big way. And uh, I went into the cupboard at the new house, and I was like, ah, I'm going to have some casein before bed. Okay, okay. Which uh, we've discussed before. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, good. it's a good thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And I'm out of casein. So uh, I'm like, oh, there goes that idea. But anyway, um, protein is something that is uh, misunderstood. Definitely. Right. There's yes. a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of, frankly, crap products out there that are more filler than substance. So we want to talk protein today, right? Yes. And what it does for the body um, in a little more detail. So I'm going to hand it off to you and let you get it started, and then I'll just play dummy and ask questions because <laughs> I'm good at that. That's perfect. I'm really That's good perfect. at That's <laughs> <laughs> So protein. Like you said, there's so much misinformation out there. And I think the biggest issue comes down to the amount of protein that's recommended for a sedentary individual versus right. an athlete. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, those just get thrown together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing about protein is that it's it makes up some part of every single cell in your body. Hmm. So it's responsible for uh, obviously making up your muscle tissue, but it's also... Uh, makes up your organs, connective tissue, your hair, different glands, just about every enzyme. Um, so it's a vital part of every living cell. Is it the only thing that's a, that is that ubiquitous across the body? Uh, 
pretty much, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. I have a question. So first dumb guy question. <laughs> I get this all the time, by the way. So Google's not your friend on protein, by the way. Like you Google about protein, you will find millions and millions of pages of things, and mm-hmm. no two of them are the same. Correct. So the question I get is, how much protein can the body you know, process in a given period of time? Uh, that's a really hard question to answer because a, the body's really good at adapting, including the digestive system. So if you're eating a lot of protein, your body will get good at at utilizing it, digesting that. And and let me ask it a different way. Okay. So, you know, you, you get done with the workout, you're in a hurry, go to seven 11, you're going to go grab a muscle milk. Right. There's Mm -hmm. the 20 grams of protein version and the 40 grams of protein version. Mm -hmm. I tend to just buy the 20 gram of protein version because I kind of fundamentally believe there's probably no way in this given period of time my body's going to kind of process all 40 grams. True or false? I would say false. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So I should be buying the, I should be paying. I would go 40 cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'll actually, I'll cover specifically why that is. Oh, cool. All right. We'll so. keep going. I'll, I'll, again, I'll keep it. I'll keep the dumb guy questions coming. <laughs> Those Trust are me. really good questions. They're not dumb I questions. am not the biochem nerd, right? <laughs> so I just know what I know from talking to guys like you, and I just kind of regurgitate what I hear from you because, <laughs> you know, I kind of trust it for one thing, so mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So without getting too nerdy or too much into the biochemistry, uh, the basic definition of protein is a a nitrogen-containing compound that's composed of long chains of amino acids. So the easiest way to think about it is amino acids are Legos. And when you put them together into a set shape, it becomes a protein. Oh, okay. So So pretty nifty way to to understand it, I guess. So are there specific aminos that make up protein or yes there's specific okay. orders and okay so and that's sequences. why you say it's got to be to the lego metaphor you use it's got to be assembled in a certain way Correct. so that it creates the protein okay, mm-hmm. got it yep so, so what's the difference between whey casein all the different types the source of the protein is that the difference or is it more uh, than that it more than that so different protein types have different uh, concentration or ratios of the specific amino acids. Mm-hmm. Um, so like whey and casein are both dairy mm-hmm. proteins. Um, but when you separate them out, they have a very different molecular structure um, that causes whey to be really quickly digested. Right. Um, Where casein is more long, more long-term, slowly better, digested. It's perfect it's better for better right before bedtime mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Cause it'll kind of, yep had an athlete complaining that she was waking up three in the morning, just starving. And I'm like, well, one thing I would try is casein. eight ounces of cold water and a scoop of good casein protein powder. And oh, I yeah. promise you, you'll sleep pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard back. So uh, I'm assuming that works. It works for me. That's, that's no news is good news. Usually, yeah. So. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So that's why I take it then. So casein, wouldn't be as effective as, for example, in sort of a recovery meal sort of a scenario, well, right? Because you want that protein hitting the muscle quickly, or is that... Uh, there's different, I guess, schools of thought on this. Mm-hmm. When they compare long-term studies, there's usually not that much of a difference between the two. But acutely, I, st- I still think whey is best. 
right so. after the workout, mm-hmm. right? Just because it's going to be there quicker than. Yep. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, there's 20 amino acids, right? That that when put together, formulated in different uh, combinations, make up protein. Nine of those 20 amino acids are considered essential. So you have to get those in your diet. They're essential from the diet. The 11 non-essential amino acids, the body can essentially, sorry, the body cannot essentially make them. The body will just make them if Mm. it needs them. Um, So it's the essential amino acids that we get in our diet that are kind of the most important to focus on. And mostly what we're talking about here And you get them... Through protein sources of all right. kinds, right? Right, so yeah. Meat, Animal fish. source, plant source, protein. Okay. But you can only get them from the diet. So. Okay. So they can't, be, they can't be supplemented. Well, your body can't make them. Your body oh. can't synthesize them. Oh, okay, okay, got it. The other 11 the, other the 11. can make when mm-hmm. it, as, kind of as needed. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. Sorry. See, there you go. Another <laughs> example of me not knowing what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> got it. So, so 20, let me let me play it back. So making sure that it sinks into my knucklehead. You got nine that the body can't make. Correct. That you have to get through nutrition sources of some kind. Got to eat Supplementation it. or mm-hmm. food sources or whatever. And then you have 11 that the body isn't smart enough to make whenever it needs them for whatever it needs them for. Correct. Okay, cool. Correct. Got it. So the reason you need to know all of that and the reason why that's important is because of this concept called protein turnover. So proteins, just like batteries, have a lifespan, hmm. right? So, or like belts on an engine, <laughs> right? Right. They're going to snap eventually. Exactly. So yeah. um, they need to be replaced. And that's where protein degradation comes into play. Protein degradation is just when uh, protein molecules are broken down into the individual amino acids. So it's taking like that Lego... Uh, Star Wars Millennium Falcon. Right. And then breaking all those pieces down. Okay. So then you just have all the pieces. It's just those amino acids. But from there, those amino acids that are broken down can then be used to make something else, a different kind of protein. Reassembled into something else. Yes. Okay. Um, And the reason that that's important is because uh, the body can't store nitrogen. So the body doesn't store protein the way that it stores fats and carbohydrates. Right. So it's, there has to be that turnover. Otherwise, the accumulation of nitrogen in your body would kill you. Oh, yeah. so That wouldn't be good. That would be bad, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer living if yes. given the choice. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of leads us into the next concept, which is called nitrogen balance. Um, nitrogen balance is the difference between the amount of nitrogen that you consume from amino acids and the amount that's broken down and excreted that's already existing in your body. So you kind of have this uh, inflow-outflow sort of uh, equation. And so a positive nitrogen balance is when more nitrogen enters the body via amino acids than is removed via the urea cycle. And a negative nitrogen balance is, you know, the converse. So you're not, you're ingesting less nitrogen via amino acids and you're excreting more nitrogen via the urea cycle. Okay. The reason that's important is because if you consume less protein than, in, than is needed to maintain a positive nitrogen balance, then the body will break down muscle tissue 
to get to that nitrogen, to get to those amino acids. Oh, so it's there underlying. So if the body needs it, it's going to go after it. Yes. So, so if it's not getting up, it from your diet, it'll take it'll it. It'll tear up muscle yeah. just to get after it. Yeah. But so it'll, it'll kind of break down the muscle really without even doing anything, right? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because it needs it. To it needs it. So, so, yeah, it'll go through these specific processes. Cortisol is used to kind of break kind that of muscle see tissue why down. biochem is kind of something to be cool to be nerdy about. Yeah. Like the body's a yeah. pretty Chicks badass system. Do they really? <laughs> it works for you, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They love it. Okay. has nothing to do with the fact <laughs> that you're wicked fast track athlete and all of those things. It's just that you're Back a biochem nerd. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Got it. <laughs> so... If, if your body is doing that, then yep. it's essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're, you're not doing yourselves any favors by being in a negative nitrogen balance. You're, you're shooting yourself in the foot, especially if you're training really hard. So you want to be in a positive nitrogen balance so that you, you have more than enough tools mm-hmm. and equipment to repair what you're, what you're damaging through training and then all the other processes that are where that protein is, is being broken down. So to make sure I understand it right, you need to consume and produce enough protein to keep this sort of homeostasis situation around the, the nitrogen. That's, that's kind of core. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty much if it. if you don't, then you will essentially be robbing nutrients from your body mm-hmm. in which case in this case nitrogen because you're depleted of protein correct so, right mm-hmm. okay good yeah again i'm kind of just want to make sure it sinks into my head and if i repeat it then the folks like me in the audience they can say oh yeah i get that then too oh yeah all right cool <clears throat> so along those same lines if you're not getting uh enough protein then and the body remains in that negative nitrogen balance you're increasing the amount of protein breakdown and that's actually limiting how much you can repair and how much you can adapt to training okay so stop for a second because i have a question okay you said if you're not consuming enough protein so you know what's coming how does (laughs) one calculate right because again this is one of those that a google search is not your friend you'll find a billion different answers to this Mm -hmm. how does one calculate how much protein they need is it is it weight based is it is it weight based? Is it activity based? Is it both? Like, how do we figure out how much we need? Or is it just, uh, like, for example, the way I tell athletes, like, you got to test your nutrition for race day throughout your training? Is it just that you just have to keep testing things until you kind of can feel ideal? Uh, yes. Once, I, I like to shoot for a specific range. Okay. So, that's what I'm looking for, by the way. The yeah. Number. Yeah. With my coaching clients and athletes, um, I eventually like to work them up to where they're able to maintain one gram per pound, one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. Okay. So if they weigh 150 pounds, they need to get 150 grams of protein per day, but they don't do that overnight. I don't right. have, I mean, so you'll have them sort of graduate build up to, that, to it. Right. So if mm-hmm. they're, if you look at their, my fitness pal file and you mm-hmm. see they're doing a hundred grams of protein, they weigh 200 pounds. You might say, hey, you got to step it up. You need 120 next week, 140, 160, exactly. 180, all the way up until... Because yep. back to the point you said earlier, the body will adapt if you train it to adapt, right? Right. So it adapts, just like training, it adapts. The digestive system will adapt to be able to consume and process it. Yep. Kind of a rider to that question would be, 
kind of, and I kind of talked about it in my whole Milsa milk thing, but I'm going to ask it again anyway. So say it's one gram per pound of body weight, right? Mm-hmm. So I weigh 200 pounds, which I don't. I weigh 200 pounds. <laughs> I need 200 grams of protein. I'm assuming I can't just go out and eat like one All in meal, one serving. Right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about how throughout the day you you go out and get to the 200 200 gotcha. grams because I think it's important for people to understand. Definitely. It's pretty convenient that we already typically eat, you know, three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between carbs and fat is that there's really no latency period between meals where you have to wait a set amount of time before you can maximize the effect of those nutrients. But with protein, there's about a four to five hour time period after you ingest protein where those the protein is broken down, the amino acids elevate in the bloodstream, and if they're elevated high enough, then you stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Well, after that, you need that four to five hours for those amino acids to kind of get out of the bloodstream before you can trigger that kind of reaction again. Okay, so back, let me rephrase so I can make sure I understand that correctly. So if you ingest too much in a too short a period of time, you'll have, you'll basically overload the bloodstream with amino acids. Yeah, uh, kind no, of. Well, okay. By the way, it's okay if I'm wrong. So definitely correct me, but I'm just trying to understand. Gotcha. So like on the, if you, if you don't ingest enough mm-hmm. of a bolus, then you, you don't maximally stimulate protein synthesis. But if you go over that amount, you're still maximally stimulating that protein synthesis. And there's, again, there's different schools of thought, but some people think that everything after that, you're just getting the caloric value of the protein. What do you think? That's what I care about. What do I think? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm still on the fence. I don't know. Okay. It's something I, I just don't know yet. Okay. The body, the body will use... What you give it. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you give it, I, I genuinely believe that... The body can use it. So okay. So if you're eating three meals a day, is it safe to assume if you're eating three meals a day and you need 180 grams of protein, is it safe to say you should target 60 grams of protein per meal? Yep, I, I would mean, split them pretty evenly. Right. I so I tell doing, my clients if you're doing five meals a day. So and the two are snacks, and you can break them up in different. So you might have less in the snacks, but that leaves you with needing to do less in the full meal, right? Right. Because that's right. what I have to try to do five. So, mm-hmm. and like my, my thing right now, especially is like, I try to never eat just a carb and just a protein. Mm-hmm. I try to eat some stuff Combine together. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you why, by the way. I just mostly because synergistic, they, well, they work better together. I'm glad you have a good answer. Cause my answer is I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> so if I eat some chicken salad, I want to have some grapes or something behind it so mm-hmm. that I don't go get, cookie or some other bullshit i'm not supposed to be eating yeah so because i haven't quite solved for that sweet tooth thing yet but maybe one day i'll, I'll lick it i'm 43 so chances are i won't but um i try to eat them together is my point mm-hmm. but but to under just to understand that it's really as simple as if i need 200 if I need 200 grams of protein i can get i can break that into the number of meals per day kind of evenly and i'm okay that way yep okay cool yeah i i again i tell my my athletes no less than 30 grams. Like try to shoot for minimum of 30. If it's a meal, if it's a snack, it, depending on how many meals they're eating, right. it's not quite as important. It also depends on how much you know they shoot for. If they're 150 pounds, 
you know, it's super easy, you know, yeah, 50 grams well, at each meal. 150 pounds. Yeah. I mean, if you're training, especially you're probably getting that, not even pay, having to pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes and no. So, I mean, some people just eat a lot more protein. Yeah. That's and true. So would you say that ideally what's the macronutrient breakdown? So if you got a hundred percent, right. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it 33, 33, 33? Like, what is it? It all depends on your activity, your intensity, individual variation, preference. So triathletes. So typically, it, and again, it depends on if you, like kind of what we were mentioning earlier, um, if you want to be more ketogenic, right? then obviously you're going to have, you know, very little carbohydrate and you can be successful doing that. Right. Um, on the other end of the spec, uh, spectrum, elite marathoners will carb load, and during that period, their carbohydrate intake is huge right. compared to everything else. So, Well, even bodybuilders, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they'll not have any carbohydrate, and then so they'll, and they'll drain their body pretty much mm-hmm. out, and then they carb load, fills the muscle up. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, different athletes have different needs, different times, but... Exactly. Okay. But typically, if I were just going to give rough ratios or rough percentages, typically about 30% protein. Hmm. It's lower um, than I thought it would be. What's, so, so what's the other split? With fat, 20 to 30%, and hmm. then the rest carbs. Okay. So you can be as high as 40% carbohydrate. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it depends on... The source, too, right? Yes. Like, if you're eating Snickers bars, you don't want as many of those. But if you're <laughs> eating vegetables, like, that's a healthy carbohydrate source. Yeah. Okay. You're not getting as many calories from that, so you can eat sure. more. Right. You know, it's more it's more nu- nutrient-dense, but not as calorically dense. Mm-hmm. So... Different conversation, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go back to But protein. those are all really good and, no. and relevant questions to I this. get these questions all the time. So yeah. So that's one of the reasons I'm asking you because... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We, hey, we can... We do... need to do more of these because oh, yeah. I get a lot of these questions. So Perfect. I love that. Yeah. All right, let's get back to protein. Oh, so just so you have a little context, the RDA for protein is 0.8 to 1.0, so 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. Hmm. Okay. So whatever you weigh in pounds, essentially cut that in half and that's the RDA for protein. Mm, I don't like that answer. Uh, exactly. But again, that's, that's not directed to, to athletes. It's a metric system. <laughs> <laughs> but Screw that metric system. I, know, I, like, right? I like pounds better now. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to work with. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. No. Yeah. Here in the U.S. it is. Yeah, because that's what we know. Yeah, don't go anywhere else. Right. But that's, I mean, that's directed towards sedentary people. Yeah. So research on... Well, I mean, that makes sense too, right? Yes. I'm yeah. sitting around all day. I'm yeah. There's protein. a lot less protein turnover. Right. So. And I also need less calories. However, it's not often what <laughs> we like to do here. Doesn't always happen. No, no. That's life. It's true. <laughs> It's fun eating 2,000 calories a day and not doing anything. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, research on active individuals shows that the RDA isn't enough to, to maintain a positive nitrogen balance. And in order just to, to break even, not even to be in a positive nitrogen balance, but just to break even, you'd need to at least double the RDA. 
So then you're back to one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah, just about. A little Why less. That, like, okay, and I know you can't answer this, but let's just, for shits and giggles, let's, let's just ask the question. Why, why not change the RDA? It doesn't make any sense. Can you edit this out? Yeah, I can edit it out. <laughs> I mean, if I need to edit it out. Okay, but so. I don't understand why we don't change. If the RDA doesn't make sense, why not change the RDA? Because I don't want to target on my back, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like so, the FDA like, listens to this. Oh, well, they better not. Because <laughs> they won't like it. So uh, the FDA gets most of their recommendations from the American Dietetics Association. Oh. The number one, well, the the some of the biggest sponsors of follow the money, brother of the American Dietetics Association, Frito Lay, Pepsi, Coke, Craft mm. yeah. makes sense. None of those companies make a ton of money from protein products. Right, they so. make a lot of money from lots lots of, of carbs, lots of fat. Yes, mm-hmm. snack food. Yeah, so it's funny. funny. So how that works, huh? Mm-hmm. So most most dietitians. Even, well, sport dietitians is changing, but a lot of dietitians are still working off these numbers yeah. and recommending that to athletes. And the, They're I mean, recommending the RDA to athletes? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which is a bad thing. Yes. Less than ideal. Could hurt them, right? Well, they're not going to recover. They're not going to repair. They're not going to adapt. Yeah, so you're doing... putting gas in the tank, yeah. but you're not doing any other maintenance to, you know, to your F1 race car. Right. Which is, I mean, you're it's not, you're not going to go very far. You're going to blow a rod eventually. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. So. Um, all right. Well, but you don't have to. That's the include extent all of that. our politics. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, you know what? I should have. I'm the, I'm the king of follow the money. Like you ask my wife, I say it all the time. It's like, you ever want to know why somebody on high is doing something? Just that's it. Follow the money. It's follow Generally the money is, is the answer, but mm-hmm. okay. I got it. Here's something that's pretty interesting. There's a lot of research on uh, runners, cyclists, swimmers, and triathletes. Mm-hmm. They are they are the athletes most susceptible to negative nitrogen balance and protein malnutrition because they're consuming their bodies are consuming more of it. Uh, they're either not eating enough or there's so much turnover. Okay. And the the more physical activity that you put your body through, the more protein you need. And when you say more physical activity, you mean both in volume and intensity. Yes. So just because you're running 20 minutes, if you're doing it hard, pay the piper. That's a lot of damage. Feed your body back, right? Like today I did Tabata intervals on the treadmill. So that's fun. It was a 20 minute workout, but it's all out for 30 seconds times eight times, right? So Mm -hmm. like after the, after that workout was over, like right away, you know, shaker of protein. And yeah, why wait? And I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if um, your stomach can handle it, yeah, I always say like, as soon as your stomach can handle it, post training, why? Like, why wait? So get something in. One thing I'm gonna tinker with myself before I have an athlete do this, because I'm a bit of my own little lab rat. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the Austin Rattler that 62 mile mountain bike race. I'm gonna actually mix in some protein. In my nutrition, hmm. I've been doing a little reading that, like for especially long distance, like endurance athletes, having protein during the race is actually a, a pretty good thing. Would you agree with that? Yes, okay. I would. Um, why do you think so? 
you're sparing muscle protein okay. uh, by introducing those amino acids from the protein into your bloodstream. You're basically signaling the brain, hey, you don't need to break down our engine. You don't need to break down the muscle tissue. Okay. Um, use this. It's already here. Okay. And those amino acids will either go directly to working muscle and be utilized as fuel mm-hmm. or they'll be sent to the liver and they'll go through uh, a process to turn those amino acids into sugar. Okay. So, so a little protein is mm-hmm. good during protein or you could just go with the amino acids. Oh, okay. So just pop up some capsules some or branch chains chain or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got or it. Or take before. Or take before. Classify mm-hmm. nutrition before. Good That's point. right. 10 grams of branch chain amino acids. That's true. We'll talk more about that because I have some questions about these <laughs> products you guys are coming out with. So. Excellent. All right, cool. So I'm not off base with this uh, racing on some aminos or I was going to do No, proteins, I think it's a good idea. But, I mean, it's not. It, it's just going to take a little bit longer if you do protein. But if you're doing a, you know, but if a I long run aminos, or a long ride. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the aminos. If I have aminos in a kind of capsule form, just you know, carry some and take some, right? Yeah. It's just less work that your digestive system has to do. Which is always a good idea because mm-hmm. you get hot or something like that. You, yep. don't, you don't want you don't to want pull blood. blood and you don't want to pull plasma cool. out of your bloodstream to process to digest protein. and stuff. So Yeah. Okay. So if just give it the aminos, it does essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Cool. But the only thing about supplementing with aminos is if you need... If there's no caloric value to amino acids, right. like so, with the protein, you're still getting calories, you're still yeah, getting caloric yeah. energy. So, you can use the aminos as fuel, but you're not getting as much uh, energy potential. Okay. So yeah, I'd still supplement with some sort of carbohydrate at the same time. But I will definitely do that. So um, at, I'm then you're good. Adapted by any chance, so I'll, I'll probably just go with my same fuel, and I use your y'all's fuel and some Gatorade endurance. Mm-hmm. I just mix those and use that. Um, but what I was going to do is just add some protein to that. But what I'll probably do is just keep that fuel and keep that kind of mixture that I've been using because I know my system uses it, can, can work with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just pop the aminos. I have a pretty good tablet or capsule version of it. Just do that. There you go. Cool. All right, let's get back on track. Sorry to distract again. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Here's a common misconception. If you eat a lot of protein you'll look like a bodybuilder, right? Well, you have to do something with it. Exactly. So adaptations from your diet and specifically adaptations from protein are training specific. So depending on the type of stress you're applying will determine, you know, the outcome of, of, you know, when you're eating the protein, it's not going to make you buff if you're out, you know, running 20 miles on, uh, you know, on the weekend or whatever. So, um, if your training is endurance based and endurance focused like the triathlon, then the amino acids from protein will go towards increasing your aerobic adaptations and repair and recovery. So, so it's even using if, the proteins for a different reason than say a bodybuilder would use them. Correct. Okay. Correct. And again, that's just a function of the body being a very, very smart machine and knowing that you're putting this kind of stress on me, so I'm going to utilize these nutrients in this way versus if I stop doing triathlon and I go into doing CrossFit, mm-hmm. it's going to use the those proteins in a different way. Correct. Okay, got it. So whatever will make the body more efficient, those those nutrients will go to making that happen. But the fundamental fact is 
you got to have the protein. You got to have it. So no matter what you're doing, we got to take it in. It's driving that adaptation. So, so you vegans, vegetarians, figure it out. Exactly. You know, you still need still it. need it. Okay, got so, it. But yeah, bottom line, you're not going to get jacked from eating more protein unless your training drives that type of adaptation. Right. So I got a question for you. Do it. Do you want to be able to train more often, repair and recover faster, and be the most fit and injury-free at the end of your training season? Yeah. Yeah, right? Awesome. It's yeah. pretty. Yeah. pretty easy answer. Right. Of course um, it is. Yeah, right? Especially at my age. <laughs> I mean, recovery. Like, I'm not kidding. It's funny, but it's really not. Like, um, just, as a, just as an example, I tore my distal bicep tendon when I was in my mid, early to mid-30s. Came back from that. Like, it was long, but relatively... They said it'd take, it'd take 8 to 10 months. It took 8 months. Mm-hmm. I was back, normal, everything. The knee, which is just a clean-up scope meniscus thing said i'll be back in six weeks still really not 100 percent. so the older we get like the recovery is tough yes yeah so yeah i I would love that so tell me more well you've we just got to get you down to more protein oh so it's all about making sure that i am hitting the markers for protein yes like the the endurance industry as a whole is just so focused on fuel yeah carbohydrates so focused on fuel and that's important i mean you have to have, you have to have gas in the tank whether right. it's carbohydrate or or whether you're fat adapted doesn't matter but there's so much emphasis on that we forget um how much damage we're putting our body through on a daily basis right and like you said as you age it's harder and harder to recover you actually need more protein as you age because your body is less efficient at utilizing it. So really young kids, they can get away with, with eating less protein because right. their body is like soaking it up and using all of it. Mm-hmm. As you age, your body is just not as good at that. Just so slower. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so take more in and be take more diligent in. about it. Right. That's right. But um, not all dietary protein sources are created equal. Meaning what? So, uh, like steak versus whey protein powder? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. So animal source versus plant source, uh, different different types or different animal source types, all that sort of thing. So um, like in my nutrition coaching practice, um, I recommend, you know, variety. Get as much of everything as possible, plant source and animal source. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also... You know, keep in mind that animal source protein contains all the essential amino acids. Animal source or plant source protein typically doesn't have all of them. So you have to mix animal, uh, sorry, you have to mix plant source proteins to make sure you're getting all nine of those essential amino acids at the same time. Let me, so if you're, if you, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, Mm -hmm. you can use a hemp based protein source but you need to mix it with some legumes or nuts yes. or something to make Correct. sure that you're getting your entire profile mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. where for us carnivores we don't have to work as hard right we just have to make sure we're getting okay. the set gram amount i mean either way you still have to get the set right. gram need, amount assuming but all things are any equal so i need 100 grams i'm going to get 100 grams 
if, for a vegetarian or a vegan, if they're getting that from a hemp force, from hemp force, that's a brand, <laughs> from a hemp-based protein, um, that's not the same 100 grams as me getting it from my whey or eating fish or steak or whatever it is, right? So I, I would say yes. Other other well, vegan people in the industry say no, right? Correct. It's the same as the same. It doesn't matter. It's 100 yes. grams of protein. It'll work. Exactly. But you're saying you have to complete the profile. Yes. Another reason that I would say that is because the way that I uh, determine protein quality is very different from a lot of other people. Okay. So I determine protein quality based on the leucine content within a specific type of protein. Okay. So, And leucine is one of those amino acids. It's one of those essential amino acids. It's one of the branch chain amino acids. And it's it's most responsible for stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So in order to adapt, in order to repair and recover, if you don't have leucine, then the process can't start. Okay. So Which it's is why you guys really important. Literally, as part of the products that you and Jeff created, you have a specific product that's called time release leucine. So yes. that you make sure that the athlete, when they're using that system, gets the leucine they need. Exactly. Like they're getting five grams of leucine in before. Right. So they're getting a bolus before they start damaging their body. Okay. They're getting a three gram bolus in the after of regular instant leucine and another three grams of time release leucine. And then we also have the time release leucine as a standalone so that they can take that before a long run or ride or right before bed. It it's really good. It's good before bed Mm -hmm. because it's, it's like casein, but should I put it in the casein? You could, it wouldn't hurt. You'd just be, you'd be wasting anything. No, you're just boosting the amount of leucine that you that you would get delivered. Okay, so people in the audience are now asking, why do I, why would I, why do I need a boost in leucine? So leucine is going to stimulate that growth and repair. Okay, or that ad, that adaptive response. And the body, we know that that the body does a lot of its repair while we're at sleeping. night. So yeah. having that leucine with the casein actually wouldn't be a bad thing it because not be bad. it will maximize the amount of recovery that I can get. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not trying to lead the witness here. I'm just, it's, I'm, it's mapping in my head. I'm getting it. And mm-hmm. I have the leucine in the drawer. And so I haven't been doing that. I've just been doing it. Um, I put it in the post-workout because that's what we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even think about putting it in the in the um, nighttime thing. Mm-hmm. I can do that. So back to protein quality. Like I said, I I use the amount of leucine as kind of a marker for, for protein quality. Um, and... The easiest way to determine if you're getting enough protein per meal to maximally stimulate muscle protein synthesis is to figure out how much leucine is in that protein and then eat enough of that protein so that you get about three grams of leucine, which sounds confusing. Mm, not really. But, yeah. So we'll, I mean, I got it. I'm okay, not a smart guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so you just need to... what. What's con- what's not confusing, but what you have to pay attention to, which is a lot of people, ha- that that's where people have problems, right? Mm-hmm. You have to buy a product that actually tells you how much leucine that that protein has in it. Mm-hmm. That's where Google have, can be handy. And then you have to pr- then you have to consume enough of that protein to get to the three grams. Exactly. That simple. Yeah. But the thing is, you just have to pay attention to how much leucine it's got, or right. you go and get a canister of time release leucine from classified nutrition and you, you get three grams source and you know scoop. you're getting three grams exactly got it okay exactly okay yeah because that i harp on recovery man so like 
this is the part of this conversation that I appreciate the most because it's the part that I'm not having to argue with a lot of athletes anymore about it. Uh, my athletes, because I think they've um, kind of become accustomed to or got tired of hearing from me about it. So mm-hmm. either they stop telling me that they're not recovered or um, or they're actually doing it. But my their, their um, training peaks data tells me that they are getting they, they, their training loads and, and those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're not plateauing. They're, they're able to yeah, handle they're, it. They're able to handle it. I had... Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a, across the octane team, we have probably, I think 11 or 12 people doing Galveston in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I know that many of them had pretty big benchmarks workouts last weekend. And I looked at the data and it's, I'm pretty happy with what I saw in terms of their ability to do a 3,800 yard swim. And then the next day do a, you know, four and a half hour, four hour brick. And then the day after that, do an hour, 15 minute run. And then. Like, I look at their data, I'm like, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're doing something, right? Yeah. Um, but sleep's huge, too, right? It's so huge. Like, so, I kind of talked about it a second ago, but you can't, like, you can't trick sleep. So, mm-hmm. you can eat all the protein in the world, but if you're getting four hours of sleep, you're you're digging yourself a hole. Oh, yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. it's not, there's no magic bullet to replace the sleep component of the recovery, no, you, right? you have to have it. have to have it. So, the... The original model that they used to 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 graph out how an adaptation works is called uh Cellier's general adaptation syndrome and it's without drawing it out basically it's you you apply a stress and then you remove the stress and then you adapt to it but if you never remove the stress then there's never any adaptation in fact there can be a maladaptation where you actually get worse right without sleep and without enough sleep, you're not giving the body enough time away from that stress for it to to adequately adapt to it, to respond to it, and to get better, and to be more so, efficient. So, in in very layman's terms, folks, if you want gains, you'll sleep. You gotta sleep, right? Beauty sleep. You can train your ass off, right? But mm-hmm. if you don't sleep, all you're doing is overtraining. Yes. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Love it. Cool. So. Um, back to those leucine ratios. Yes. So whey protein has the highest concentration of leucine at about uh, 10 to 11. I've, I've seen one, maybe even as high as 12%. And that's good because 12%, 12% leucine, of leucine. Mm-hmm. in whey. Mm-hmm. In a 27 gram scoop of whey, you're getting about three grams of leucine. Okay. So that's the nice thing. Like, with your, your protein that you guys just launched, is that what is that yes, the ratio? That's it. That's okay. it. So in one scoop of our uh, non-GMO cold filtered whey protein isolate, the best best stuff available. In one scoop of that, you're basically getting your three gram dose of leucine. Cool. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So that hit the market last few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Just went up on the website not well, too long ago. So. I haven't even tried it yet, so I got to get. Got to get some of that. Well, it's unflavored, so yeah. you'll, you'll have to spruce it up a little. That's fine. But use the flavor files for that, right? That'll work. Um, In fact, we're coming out with some protein-specific <laughs> flavor files. Got to have my chocolate. Chocolate, butter. vanilla, peanut butter, maybe. All right. Peanut butter, chocolate. Nice. So, who doesn't like peanut butter? We're, hey, we're, we'll take suggestions too. Yeah. What do you guys want? We'll, we'll try All to the make ones it happen. You just mentioned, I think, are important. Yeah, those are good ones. A little strawberry would Staple. work. Okay. 
Strawberry would work. All righty. Jeff, yeah. hope you're listening. Yeah, he'll listen. <laughs> you better listen. <laughs> cool. So, uh, beef, for example, mm-hmm. in about, you're getting a three gram dose of leucine in about, I think around 35, 36 grams of beef. And then pork is a little behind there. Chicken, you need about 40, 41 grams of chicken. What about to get fish? That. Fish is, depending on the type, it's right around chicken, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. And then, So beef's your, for the ratio, beef's your best bet. Yeah. But it's Behind also, way. If, you're, um, if you're trying to watch the calories, then you, don't, you need to change it from there and maybe supplement the leucine. Because you can eat, you should eat the fish. Because calorically, it's less. You get right. some protein, but mm-hmm. you can supplement the leucine to bring that up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can always, you can always supplement it in. Um, that's the nice thing about about leucine itself is you can, you know, if you know you're getting, you know, just under that that bolus just from your food from your food, then you can, you know, throw in half a scoop or a scoop of that time release leucine just to make sure that you're rounding it out. Cool. Um, Let me ask you a question that I read something three weeks ago that I was sort of ready to call BS on. And I almost called you about this, but I was reading an article. I didn't know if it made sense from the amino acid profiles, but somebody, somebody wrote a blog post. I can't remember what it was, but it was that you want to eat your meat as rare as possible to get. They were kind of using the whole vegetable metaphor that, Eating your vegetables raw, like it's proof, right? Mm-hmm. That's the most nutrient-dense way to eat the vegetable. They're saying the same thing is true of protein sources. Do you think that's true? Uh, can you cook away the nutrients? You can You can denature protein the longer you cook it. Okay. So it's kind of... So there's something to that. If you cook a steak well done, you're basically eating a piece of leather. Like it's Well, not I'm, as I'm not completely... Con- you don't lose... All the nutrient right. value of it, right? Um, it's it's going to be mostly just the outside, the the area that, um, the area that gets that caramelized uh, reaction, right? I believe it's called a Maillard re- reaction, where the 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 amino acids kind of mold or they, they kind of they react right. with uh, with glucose. Or some type of sugar, and that actually denatures the protein. So you, you're not getting, you're not getting the full value of the protein. But okay. that same reaction makes the food taste really, really good. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah. So fried food. A, life's a give and take. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all about balance. You yeah. know, you don't want to, you don't want to eat fried food every day. No. But um, there's there's little things you can do to, like steaming, mm-hmm. or cooking. Uh, cooking the food, the protein source with some sort of acid, like lemon juice or vinegar, a little bit of that's going to help reduce that Maillard reaction. So, but it won't um, taste as good. It may not taste as good. Okay, got it. So, all right. Well, again, I wasn't trying to. That's, not, this, that's a really I, good I read question. That and I was like, I'm not sure that's really. I don't know. Ron Swanson can. would say eat it as rare as possible. My father would say eat it as rare as possible. There was a time where, uh, this was back in the, I think the 70s when I was a kid, but my dad would literally eat beef raw. <laughs> yeah. 
He's a hard son of a bitch. <laughs> Not me. I mean, Not I've had me. I've had tartar. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of what he was into. But I mean, I like. I like a little bit of a crust on the outside, personally. But. Yeah. I like it red, but not like... Uh-huh. I don't want it alive still. Yeah. I'm out. Exactly. I need to make sure it's dead. <laughs> cool. I hear you. All right. So another question that people ask me when when I'm coaching them about a higher protein diet is that, you know, well, is, is that much protein okay? Is it safe? Is it healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you don't have a pre-existing kidney condition, then it's actually, it's good for you. It in, increases bone mineral density, um, along with, you know, all those other functions that I mentioned at the very beginning, how it's a part of every living cell. Like you're, you're making your body a, a more efficient, better functioning, uh, vehicle essentially. Like, uh, it's not a bad thing to eat more protein. It'll never hurt you unless you already have some right. sort of issue. Does gender matter? So do, do women, for example, need more protein than men from a ratio standpoint? Or um, would you say it's the same? I think it's pretty I know similar. iron is a big deal. Yes. Like I know iron for every five units of iron that a man has, a woman eats 12 units. Wow. Something yeah. like that. But mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure if the pr- protein was any different. Protein, it's pretty similar across the board there's not as there hasn't been as much research done on on protein in women but what has been done is showing very similar uh trends with men so about half my athletes are women so i try to think about those kinds of things sometimes Mm -hmm. see if there's something that's different i'd like to know that right so it matters definitely yeah typically i think it's the same it's about the same so i have a basic question for you that i think a lot of people want to know so people go and you know they get on amazon right and they do their search and you know my kevin said i need whey protein so amazon.com whey protein Mm -hmm. and the tendency is let me figure out you know how i can get this protein i need and not pay you know give up my right arm for it Mm -hmm. so oftentimes the cheaper stuff has a lot of filler in it right yes what are the things that folks need to, when they flip the label around and read it, what are the things they need to look out for? Like, what are the things they want to avoid? Um, those kinds of things to know that they're getting a quality protein source. I mean, obviously, they can just go to Classified and buy Yell stuff. And yes. They know it's the best stuff that the best stuff is available, available. Mm-hmm. you know, from anywhere. Right. right. Not to be markety, but I just know that you guys like to use stuff that's, super high quality yes but, uh, putting that aside for a minute because not everybody's going to do that right what are the what are some kind of rules of the road for that so the f- the first thing that i would check is the uh the number of grams in a scoop like what's the what's a serving size mm-hmm. and then how much of that serving size is protein and if it's you know a 25 gram scoop and 20 grams of it our protein, then you know it's got five grams per serving of right. whatever, and so twenty percent of this filler. Yeah, at that point, I don't care what what that is. Run. Most of the time, yeah, most <laughs> of the time it's going to be they're going to throw a little malto in, a little just maltose, maltodextrin. maltodextrin yeah, yeah, just because it, it mixes easy and it, it won't change the caloric value a ton. 
It'll change the way the body processes it, though, right? It it can. Depending upon what the filler is. Yes, definitely. But then you're also, in order to get that three-gram dose, now instead of 20 grams, you're going to have to do a scoop and a half. And so now you're getting, you know, uh, so you have eight and a half grams of you may think filler you're dying, or whatever. You're not paying as much, but you have to use more to get the right amount of, of nutrient from exactly. it. So you're actually spending the same or more money. Yes. By buying cheaper stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I would check is that the serving size and the number of grams of protein per serving, and then so um, it's not necessarily a what the filler is; it's how much how much of filler. It. So doing yeah. the math and figuring out how much of it is filler, mm-hmm. and going for something that's close to nothing. Right? Yeah, as close, close as no possible. Filler. Like, like even with ours, like you you can never get a one hundred percent protein. Right. right. Um, but so you're always going to have a little bit, and and it's not even really a filler; it's just the amount of active protein, um, in you know essentially in that powder. So, but with ours. Shoot, I can't remember the specific percentage, but um, you want it. You want it over, you know, ninety percent. It's a bang for your buck thing. It really is. Right? And then there's different. So don't be. Don't. Don't immediately assume because it's cheap that it's a good option. That it's the cheapest option just because the price of that canister is lower than the price of the same size canister next to it. Right. Flip it around and figure out. Really, how much are you paying per serving? Mm-hmm. Or really, more appropriately, how much are you paying per nutrient dosage? Is dosage yeah, the right to word? get that. How to, much do you have to, to pay get to get three to that gram. three gram dose? Yeah. And then, if you're paying, if you're having to use two scoops, all of a sudden, you know, you're paying forty mm-hmm. percent more, not right. less. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And that's, then, like that's that's whey protein isolate. If you go whey protein concentrate, I think that's typically around eighty percent. So. Some people I don't argue. I don't understand what the difference is. I always buy that isolate because I know. Yeah, that's what I prefer isolate. So, what's the difference? Just the way that it's separated out, and okay. I don't specifically like down to great detail. Well, I have no that's idea, a but Jeff just question the, probably. Yeah, he'd probably know better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's the formulary guy for this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you just tell him what you need, and he figures out how to make it happen. Right? Pretty, yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. he's good at it. No, he's really good at it. We're a good team. Yes, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that changes things too. Like some people argue that uh, whey protein concentrate is more bioavailable. Um, and I'll respond with, but let's talk about leucine content. And then typically they False have nothing. Yeah, yeah, they can't respond. So if it's 1% more bioavailable, uh, I'm not impressed. Like I want that leucine right. bolus. I want as much of that leucine as possible. So Okay, cool. Um all right, I have questions about classified. Can we talk about classified? We sure can. All right. So we talked about the protein. That's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you guys put out on Facebook, but I don't think you're selling it yet, is this HMB? Yes. What is it? HMB is uh, an acronym because the word is way too long. It's like you don't have to say what it is. Methyl hydroxyl. So it's a it's a metabolite of leucine. Okay. So leucine can can be broken down into HMB, and so leucine works on on one end of the spectrum where it stimulates muscle protein synthesis and it um, it drives adaptation and and repair and growth and all of that. And on the other end of the spectrum, HMB is preventing muscle damage. So they work really well together, 
One's promoting growth repair adaptation. The other is preventing excessive breakdown from occurring. And a, a lot of the data, although I haven't seen any specifically on um, on triathletes w- with this in mind, but in a lot of the studies that I've seen, the harder and more intense the the exercise stimulus or stress was, it's like the almost the better that the HMB worked. Hmm. It's pretty awesome stuff. That is pretty awesome. It's, pr- it's really powerful. When can I get it? Very soon. Okay. That's Very the best soon. Best answer you're going to give me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. I'm looking forward to that. So the other thing that Jeff mentioned to me, which isn't a product yet, but I got to ask you about just because. I want to know what Kevin thinks because Jeff's telling me this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask your boy about this. <laughs> you, you need to be telling me this, this, this square skinny on this stuff. He uh-huh. talks, he's telling me about ketones. Yes. So I'm familiar with ketosis, but I'm sure it's related in some way. So walk us through what these ketones are. And Jeff's super stoked about them. Yeah, he likes them. So <laughs> I want to know why, right? Yeah. So... Because I want to, I want a reason to drive. So, my office and his office is like two miles away. Mm-hmm. And he's been like, just come by. I'll give you some. I still Stop haven't it. gone by. Yeah. So I need you to give me a reason why tomorrow I make it a priority to drive <laughs> that two miles. Oh yeah. To go get it. So ketones, uh, these specific types. So there's you know diabetic ketones, right. which are not a good thing. Um, but these that are fat metabolism adapted specifically, they essentially replace glucose as a fuel source. Um, so when you become fat adapted, when you go in into uh, ketosis, your body switches over from seeing glucose as high intensity fuel or the most, not necessarily, it doesn't view it differently. It just doesn't perfect. It doesn't view it as the preferred Right, it uh, prefers, source of it, fuel. It, it wants to use it fat, wants fat, which yeah. we have an infinite source of in our body. We've got right? a lot. For the most point, we've got a lot. So these ketones, the fat is broken down into these ketones, which these ketone bodies then become the fuel. Become the fuel. So, okay. so you don't. But I, I, I asked you this before we started recording. You said, and I'm confused by it, so that's what I'm asking again. You said you don't have to be in ketosis to get the benefits of ketones. Correct. Why? So these. Ketones are sparing glycogen, okay, but only if the intensity isn't excessively high. So your body wants to use carbs, glucose. Is could I say just to put it in some rough context? If it's a sub threshold kind of an effort, then the ketones will preserve the glycogen stores that you have. Mm -hmm. So you pop these ketones. And your body will utilize those some mm-hmm. and won't tap as much into the the glycogen stores. Exactly. So you're not using as... The body's never using just one fuel type or mm-hmm. one fuel source. It's always a, you know, a, a ratio or a combination. But if you can maintain a set intensity with less needing to come from carbohydrate, right. then that's more of that high-intensity fuel that you can use down the road so, to either maintain your, your pace or to increase your pace or right. things like that. So, so for those athletes that still continue to argue with me about Zone 2 training, yet another reason to become aerobically efficient because oh, yeah. you can get super fast at a low intensity and low heart rate and mm-hmm. pop these ketones, and all of a sudden you don't need to take as much uh, replacement glycogen carbohydrate 
mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. learn to love the slow, arduous process of zone two training. <laughs> yeah, it's not always fun, but uh, the end result. Oh, it, yes. If you're more efficient, like it's the triathlon's a game of attrition. It's who's going to be there the longest, right? right. So right. the more you know, efficient you are there, the better. So I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet, but Jeff was telling me that, uh, when he takes it, you don't seem to care by the way you're going to say it. (laughs) 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 When he was taking it, it was like he, he felt his respiratory rate slow way down. Like he was maintaining his intensity and it was like his breathing. He said it was like super easy. So Hmm. it's interesting stuff. Um, he was telling me, and then I, this is, I was looking. You know what this is akin to for me, right? Tell me. Rhodiola. <laughs> First time you guys told me about that, yeah. I was like, this, that's just, that's hokey. That's just a bunch of hooey. <laughs> and then I went and then I went and did an 80-mile ride and used it, and I'm like, yeah. this is not hooey. Yeah. This, is, this is the real deal. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm effectively going to have to take the Jeep for a little ride over to, oh, yeah. uh, over to Jeff tomorrow and get some of these ketones and try yeah. them out. That rhodiola. When I'm so I I coach, um, at a youth athletic development program, mm-hmm. um, Mondays and Wednesdays. So I'm training kids as young as six all the way through high school. They play all different kinds of sports, but it's mostly injury prevention focused. But uh, during the summer, I'll take I'll take a Neurolite, you know, one every hour. And I'm, I mean, we're training outside and we're training in a barn. I'm sweating. And you're, tra- and you're training with people half your age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I have to demonstrate these athletic movements. I'm not, you know, I'm not just standing there counting sit-ups. I'm right. whatever. So you're I'm not the LA fitness trainer. Ex- you know, it. <laughs> at one point I was so back in the day. Yeah. Well, but you graduated. It, I wasn't there very long. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I no- I notice a huge difference uh, mentally, like with yeah. my cognition, how how well I am to to spot specific things when I'm coaching, when I'm taking the neurolites versus when I'm yeah. not. So, like and part of that is is because I need those electrolytes because I'm sweating so much. But a lot of it is that rhodiola, yeah. rhodiola rosacea. It's it I helps still can't you focus. Say the rosacea part. Rhodiola is good enough. Just, just take rhodiola. the neurolites because they have this rhodiola <laughs> stuff, and the RPE effect is unbelievable. It's good like, stuff. Go just buy one and try it, and if you don't like it, then I'll buy it from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because it's yeah, I will take them. Yeah, I take them. I take them, especially on the bike. Because mm-hmm. um, what I like, I get lazy on the bike. Like I'll just like zone out, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I kind of stay a little sharper, and I don't. I'm not afraid to push. And mm-hmm. The push doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like to even for me to even hear me myself, it's, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but yeah. it's not. It's, then you try it. Not, yeah, I did try it, and it was legit. Mm-hmm. All right, we're over an hour, so wow. Um, what I want to do now is so how do people get a hold of you? So you mentioned many times, coach, right? You consult on the nutrition stuff. Yes, right? I know you do that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about this youth thing, another podcast, because uh, <clears throat> my wife's a middle school principal, and she. And I'm big on, you got to get kids active, man. got to. And um, she's getting her EDD at SMU. And um, so she spent some time doing research on um, keeping kids active and the mental benefits of, you know, an active child. Mm-hmm. Not for just 
you know, fitness, but just mental health mm-hmm. in general. Um, so I'm interested in that too. Definitely. Um, but plug time. How do they get a hold of Kevin? Alrighty. They can contact me at my email address, Kevin at classifiednutrition.com. Um, or they can uh, just send a note on the website, and uh, if they address that to me, I'll I'll be sure to get to that. Yeah. They can contact us on our Facebook page, um, or our Instagram. Yeah, official classified nutrition. Yep, and classified nutrition on Facebook. So reach out to these guys. Um, they're really, you know, I uh, I don't just have these guys on the podcast because I want to pimp their products. They're good guys and. Like me, they love to share knowledge, and as you can tell, Kevin knows his stuff, as does Jeff. So uh, we'll have him on again. Um, I told Kevin, like, I don't know, four months ago, we need to do this every six weeks, and it's been four months, and here we are. <laughs> hey, better late than never. But we, we're going to get, we got to get some religion on this. We got to get scheduled. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, next time we can talk about lactic acid as well. Yes, because it's a hoax. You know what? It's not a thing. Let's do uh Let's do a tease for that. Let's let's like even if we record one, we have to do it now. But Alrighty. record one and then we put it in the can and let and release it later because I definitely you, you piqued my interest on this. Mm-hmm. So everything um, you've ever heard about lactic acid is completely false. Oh, you're killing me. Now yeah. I want to talk yeah. about it. Lactic acid doesn't even We're physiologically exist. Really? It's lactate. Yes. Right. Well, I get that. Like I know lactate exists, but lactate's so people, not even a bad thing. Well, People think lactate's like, oh, it's so bad for you. It causes muscle soreness. It causes fatigue. Not at all. No, that's not. It's the breakdown of the muscle that causes muscle soreness, right? Uh, potentially. I mean, we yeah. still don't know exactly what it is, but micro trauma of the muscle, the accumulation of hydrogen ions, localized inflammation, calcium not staying inside the sarcoplasmic reticulum. How amazing is it that it's 2016 <laughs> and we still don't know a cause? We have no so. idea. It blows my mind. Yet goes yet. Yet another reason why biochem nerds are cool. Yeah. But what's crazy is that... There's still shit to figure out. Exactly. <laughs> in, in the 1920s, that's when the, the whole concept of lactic acid being this bad thing, that's when it started. And even now, a hundred years later, basically, it's still people think that lactic acid's a bad thing. And uh, I hear There's people... There's literally no such thing. What you're telling me? N- f- only unless you're dead. Well, lactic acid exists in oh, your body. because you know how I remember that? Lactic acid doses some movie. Yeah. Some, oh. Um, a few, a few good, good men. men. Guy stuck the thing in their mouth, lactic mm-hmm. acid doses. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't handle the truth. That's right. I can't handle the truth. <laughs> I can't handle the truth that, there, that it doesn't exist unless you're dead. Unless you're dead. That's right. All right. We'll talk lactate and lactic acid and the fact that it doesn't exist unless you're not breathing. That's right. Next time. The good news is about that, it, it shouldn't change your the way you train up very much, but it's still, it's important to know what's going on physiologically and why. And well, it's, so when I do the test, I do the blood lactate threshold test. Mm-hmm. What I tell athletes is, you know, we're just trying to figure out how hard you can go before your body begins to accumulate lactate versus clear it. Right. Cause uh, if you keep a left and effort level low enough, your body will just clear it faster than it's making. Yeah. It'll just use it. Right. So, yeah. and, and by the way, that's a good word. Like use means it's being it's, productive. It's utilized. It's, like it's, it's an something. intermediate part of aerobic metabolism. It's, um, it's converted into fuel. It's used as fuel. And without the accumulation of lactate, then this uh, other process called mitochondrial biogenesis won't occur. 
and that that uh, what was it that stage two or that zone two you're, that you were talking about? Dark. That's that's you're what's going on in dark. zone two is is <laughs> mitochondrial biogenesis. So uh, I'm gonna put a picture of Kevin because <laughs> because you're not gonna you're gonna be like you expect this guy who's wearing you know black rimmed glasses or something and <laughs> not just, pocket protector. Yeah, he's just wicked smart, cool dude. So. Let's talk about more next time. Sounds good. I, uh, I'm super interested in that. And, Sweet. And frankly, aside from, um, you know, establishing heart rate zones and training zones and stuff like that, like, I'll admit, I don't know near as much as I should know about lactate. Mm-hmm. So it'd be another education session for me, which I super appreciate so awesome kevin thanks man my pleasure appreciate it i love to do it for spending time and uh, guys um go to classifiednutrition.com or classified nutrition on facebook oh one more thing yeah do it jeff and i are going to be out at the sea otter classic in april jealous of you guys yeah so if you guys happen to be out there please stop by um monterey california that's right May pick up some swag, maybe yeah. some time release leucine, maybe some some cool t-shirts. Yeah, do it. I go, can't tell you exactly. Go see these boys out at the Sea Otter, and uh, yeah, you guys are gonna tell Jeff. You're gonna tell me how that how that is because uh, yeah. I kind of kind of want to go. We're looking forward to yeah, it. That'd be a cool trip. All right, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Thanks for joining us.